0: I'm Caitlin. Hi, I'm Rebecca. We're not from Memphis, but we love it. Welcome to Memphis Type
1: History, the podcast. Hi, Caitlin.
0: Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> that was like super perky. I didn't mean for it to be. <laughs> it's okay. It's your morning. I mean, not that I don't want to be perky, but that
1: was pretty intense. <laughs> Good morning, sunshine. Ugh. Don't get so grossed out
0: by my greeting. But I'm not sleepy this morning because I've been up for a little while this time. Okay, well, sometimes I've basically rolled out of bed to record this.
1: <laughs> that is okay, as long as your as long as your content is correct. That's all that matters. As long as we're not misinforming the people. And even then,
0: I mean, no, we try to be correct. Yeah, I'm just not too stressed about it all the time. Yeah, because then it'd be too hard to do this podcast.
1: Then we would be considered historians. Yeah, please don't consider us historians. We are not historians. We are just discoverers of past oddities.
0: Yeah, we probably should have said it that way in episode one. That's a good way to say it.
1: Although we can't claim oh well. the full discover like full discovery. Like we just uncover.
0: We explore. Yes, maybe we past e- oddities. of. We we hmm. explore where man has already gone before. Yes. And we regurgitate it uh-huh. Uh-huh. into
1: microphones. <laughs> That's it. And today we are going to explore the history of a couple of theaters. Well, sort of. I went down a a rabbit hole of a different sort. I kind of went into a little detour myself, but <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> so I don't know what this episode is going to end up being called. So you're going to have to wait till the end. Wait, for a at show least notes link.
1: at least my subject is a theater.
0: Mine is not a theater. Oh,
1: Caitlin.
0: <laughs> I know. But but mine is about a man who affected every single movie theater in Memphis. Oh, that for totally counts. Years. We'll take it. Yeah, I just don't know if we if we'll be able to call this one movie theaters in Memphis. I think we should call it Let's Go to the Movies. Let's go to the movies. Yeah. Okay. And then I don't know, show notes could be maybe what the name of your theater. No, that won't work. We um, could.
1: That's what we did with Streets. We named, it was Sam or Cooper. True. So we could name this we one. We just picked one. Yeah.
0: We'll name okay, it Okay, so the Typehistory.com slash crosstown. Oh, you knew what it was. Yeah, because you told I me. Know, so I know, but I like it, to remember. keep it in
1: suspense.
0: <laughs> oh. Well, sorry.
1: Next Caitlin, time. please tell us what movie theater I'll be talking about. I
0: thought you, well, <laughs> I thought you were going to go first, so I didn't think it mattered I am, I am. Okay, but before we jump in, we usually talk about Patreon more at the end of an episode, but uh, while you were asleep yesterday, I was awake, and I changed up our Patreon reward levels to be more fun and exciting. (laughs) Oh, okay. Tell me more. (laughs) And so I did, I made it so that every level gets a coupon to our shop. Oh, just in time for the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. So now, if you become a patron, you get 10% off all of our merch. Sounds good. I'm going to order something tonight. You don't even have to ship it to yourself. You no. just... I'll wrap it to myself. Just pull it right out. <laughs> we have t-shirts. We have signed copies of the book, which is uh, not so easy to get since I live in China now. Mm-hmm. We have postcards and delightful tote bags and uh, maybe even some other stuff I'm forgetting. And, and the t-shirts are great because we have women's cut... And classic cut, uh-huh. and two different colors, gray or red. Yes, gray or red, and three different designs. Mm-hmm. And they're very cheap anyway, so the extra ten percent off is a nice bonus. And then I think some of I changed up some of the some of the prizes and things. So everyone should go look at Patreon. This actually has happened as you're listening to this. It's not actually the day after I did this, but as of recording, it's the day after I did this. So you should. Go look. Patreon.com slash Memphis Type History. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. Now let's do. (laughs) Okay. So what movie theater are you going to tell me about, Rebecca? I have no idea. You have no
1: idea. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, you will be pleasantly surprised to know that it's Crosstown Theater. Uh,
0: I don't know if you know
1: this, but... Crosstown, Sears Crosstown redeveloped into uh, Crosstown Concourse. And there is going... I do know that. (laughs) (laughs) You've been in China (laughs) way too long. Um, No, I know you know that. But did you know that there is going to be a theater built inside? No. Crosstown Concourse. It's going to be, it's not going to be a movie theater. It'll be like a theatrical theater, Oh, from what I understand, I'll have to look more into it. I think because of that, I thought, oh, well, let me talk about the actual movie theater, Crosstown Theater that once was.
0: I had no idea about this. I but didn't. There was know a that movie theater a, there. Yeah, I had no idea of all the like stuff. Not that we've done a ton about Crosstown, but we went on that tour right before uh-huh. they closed it for renovations. I don't remember about a movie theater there. I don't remember ever coming across it when looking into Memphis movie theaters in general. So oh, I'm going to be. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. Okay. I promise <laughs> you I did not make it up. And <laughs> well, I should but, hope not, <laughs> since
1: we're fake historians. We are <laughs> explorers. But I will say um, it is short and sweet, so I don't have too much of the history of it. But I bet you could guess which building used to be the theater across town. Can you recall what the
0: area looked like? Oh, wait. It's not in the Crosstown building? It's like the It's not part of Sears? Uh, I know. I actually have no idea. I can't picture in my head what it might be. Do you, I'm telling you. I'm so clueless. Okay. The address <laughs> is 400. No, no,
1: no. No worries. address is 400 North Cleveland Street. Today, and what occupies that address today, is a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall. That is, yes. Okay. It's got this big round... It's very, it's cool looking, but that wasn't what the original marquee shape was. So they probably just used a structure to cover to go around it, maybe. I'm not sure. But anyway. Um, oh. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it still has the cool doors. Um, so it looks like it, and it, like, it almost looks like the box office could sit there still. That's cool. Yeah. So that's where Crosstown was. And it was built in the late 1940s and opened in May of 1951. It had a 90-foot vertical sign with the word Crosstown. And uh, sources say a mile of neon tubing was used in the marquee and vertical sign. It's a mile of tubing. Neon tubing. Isn't that cool? That's crazy. And
0: really expensive, I bet, right? Yeah, I'm sure.
1: So this, at the time, was the largest neighborhood theater in Memphis.
0: What? Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You're like, what? I didn't even know
0: it's place. blowing my mind because you know like i look i learned a lot about movie theaters for the lamar theater chapter in the book uh-huh. i don't remember this one at all yeah okay well, that's how i learned every neighborhood had its own theater yes and people just walked to them yeah and this one <laughs> i can't imagine that now
1: yeah i know i hope it comes back well this one had um 1400 seats and i kept trying to think well what's i'm a visual person so i'm trying to think well about how big is that And I'm going to say the closest I could find for a visual is you are familiar with the Majestic Grill restaurant downtown? I am indeed. Yes. And you probably know that that was once a theater as well called the Majestic. I do indeed know that. Yes. And if you were to currently step inside for a meal, a bite or a drink at the bar, directly at the far end, there is a movie screen that still
0: occupies that wall. And they show silent movies all the time, and then sometimes they do movie screenings, right? So you can, like, eat and watch.
1: I've only seen them when it's silent. Okay. That's cool if they do. I don't know. It's cool either way. But you get the feel of what that theater was and how much it holds. Um, So that sat 1,000 seats. So this is just 400 seats more. Uh So I thought, like, maybe that kind of helps get an idea. It's kind of a lot. What you can hold. So, yeah, it's a big theater for the time. Now, in the 1960s and 70s, guess who used to rent the theater out for all-night
0: movie sessions? Of course, Elvis. Elvis! <laughs> but, did. you know, he rented—I I always thought it was the Memphian. I'm so glad you said that
1: because I have a story from my coworker. He said he also rented out the Lowe's Theater downtown. Whoa. Now, the Low Theater was, you may or may not know, Elvis was an usher there. He worked at the Low Theater. No. <laughs> okay, so uh, this story came from a coworker of mine who is a Memphian, and she dated a guy whose mom worked at the Low Theater. She worked in the concessions.
0: Did the mom date Elvis a little bit?
1: I will get to that part.
0: Oh, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Is your story heart goes, breaking right now? No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Story goes, she worked at the theater when Elvis would come and have his private screens or parties or whatever. And he always brought in his gold-plated cups for his drinks and popcorn. Wow. And one night after a movie, he approached her and asked if she would come home with him. To which she said no, she had a boyfriend and she did turn him down. But that is the story.
0: (laughs) Wow. Elvis. And this was at Lowe's.
1: Yeah, this was at Lowe's Theater. Wow. Yeah. So, 60s, 70s, he moved over to Crosstown because, you know, that was the next big, big theater.
0: Oh, so was he just running out whichever was like the best movie theater? That's for what the I'm time. guessing.
1: So, I think probably the Memphian, you would do private screenings for. Lowe's, he did. And then okay. the, and Crosstown as well.
0: Did you know at the Memphian you can, because I almost did the Memphian for this episode and then I didn't, but I came across um, a little thing, like a tour that they were giving and they would let you sit in the seat that he used to sit in. He would pick a particular seat? Apparently. Just like in the arcade? Yeah. Huh. And just like his wife at the beauty shop. I guess. Just like, wow, the Presleys. They were very predictable, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> They knew what they liked, and they liked what they liked, and they wanted what they liked. Yes. I like to eat my popcorn out of a gold-plated cup, and that's what I want to do, so I'm going to bring my own, because I like what I
1: like. So let me ask you, did I mention that he gave his gold-plated cup to my coworker's ex-boyfriend's mom? No. Yeah, so that's a great souvenir, isn't it?
0: That is a great souvenir.
1: Would you not eat your popcorn out of that cup?
0: I would eat my popcorn out of it for a while, and then I'd probably sell it to make a lot of money.
1: Sorry. Not been the <laughs> drinking cup.
0: Well, i drink a lot of things out of it, and then I'd probably sell it to make a lot of money. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: Touched by Elvis, the king. Yeah. Okay. So, on to the sad news, but not so oh. sad, because as you know, it is occupied. Uh, it closed May 5th, 1976 and was sold to Jehovah's Witnesses that year. Here's a cool thing about what happened afterwards is Jehovah's Witnesses were able to get a $1.3 million makeover thanks to a 100% volunteer workforce that was funded by donations. Is that not impressive? Wow. Yeah. So they renovated it. Uh, it looks great. Now, there used to be on the corner a flea market. I never went to it, but I always thought there was stuff for sale. And I looked at pictures of what this place looked like when it was a theater. And I noticed that was a drugstore on the corner, and it was called White's Way. And I thought, surely, or no, White Way Drugstore. And I thought, okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's just a bad name. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I looked into it a little bit, and that street used to be called White Way, which now is Overton Park. The street.
0: Why was it called that? I don't know. Was it after a person?
1: I have no idea. I was (laughs) like, why is a drugstore called White Way? Like, is that just meant for white people? Um, But it was the name of that street, which is now Overton Park.
0: Huh. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So that's all I got for Crosstown Theater. Well, I'm going to tell you about the man who kept movies from Memphis. From? Yes. He banned them. Oh, come on. I'm going to tell you about Lloyd T. Benford. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Benford was born in Duck Hill, Mississippi in 1869. He left school in the fifth grade to pursue money-making schemes, like buying all the fireworks in town and reselling them at a profit and opening an outdoor skating rink. Then when he was 16... He left town because he was going to be a railway postal clerk. It got real perilous right away. Sorry. Yes. Am I? What kind of occupation is that? A railway postal clerk. So I think it means he took mail, like, on the Through railroad mail? from city to city. Oh, wow. Okay. And guarded the mail, I'm sure. Okay. You know, like, because the mail was so important. Yeah. So it got real perilous. Uh, the very first train he was ever on smashed into another one head on. What? Yeah, so he was hurt, uh, like, injured by the steam. You know, it's just so hot, and a bunch of other people were killed. Whoa. Then a famous train robber named Rube Burrowheld shot his colleague after, like, holding them both up at gunpoint.
1: Wait, is this another Evelyn Estes story?
0: No, it's not. (laughs) Benford's not really necessarily an all-around great guy.
1: But did you get all this from his diary?
0: No, this is from... (laughs) From, of course, uh, Michael Finger and Richard Alley at Lost Memphis, and then various other um, things like Wikipedia and quotations and things that I found. Totally take it
1: then. Okay.
0: Benford gave a lot of interviews, so there are a lot of uh, quotes straight from him. All right. He uh, got out of that business with the railroad. (laughs) He's (laughs) done with that. (laughs) Uh, Went into insurance instead, so... No. Oh, he uh, goes brought. back to Duck Hill. Yeah. And builds an empire via Woodmen of the World, which is I don't, some kind of like fraternal brotherhood group, like the Masons we've talked about before. And, yeah. And they like sell insurance to each other or something. I don't know. In 1916, he became the president of the Columbian Mutual Life Insurance Company, uh, moved to Atlanta, and then moved to Memphis in 1925. And upon moving to Memphis, He built the Columbia Mutual Tower, which is now known as the Lincoln America Tower, and it's uh, that 22-story white terracotta building at Court Square. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, His office was at the very top, and at the time when he built it, it was the tallest skyscraper in Memphis.
1: Yeah.
0: I also read a little nugget that said his children's faces were carved into the facade. And so I think it'd be very interesting to go and see if they're still there, if, like, that existed. Yeah. Like, still. If it's still there. That would be... Yeah,
1: I'll look next time I'm I'm in Court Square. I'll be looking for some child faces. You should
0: should walk down there and see. All right, so he joined everything. Um, He was in the Shriners. He was a Knight Templar. I don't really know what that is. I thought Freemasons were supposed to be Knight Templars or something. I don't know. An elk. Uh, He joined the Rotary Club and the Kiwanis. And uh, the Freemasons as well. Okay, wait, what's an elk? I don't know. Elk Lodge, I think is what, I don't, it's another one of those men's groups, I think. Okay. He was director of the Mid-South Fair for a while um, and a white supremacist. So there'll be some quotes displaying that. And also very like, you know, really into like this like quiet, whatever Southern woman. I don't know. I saw people saying that like, but I didn't read any particular quotes about that. So, But there's plenty about his racism. Okay. How was it that he was able to ban all these movies in Memphis? Mm. Do I get a guess? Oh, sure. Um, because he was really tall. No. Be- I don't know how tall he was. Oh. He seems in pictures. He's
1: really rich, little- I'm going to guess.
0: He's an insurance? Yeah, he was a millionaire.
1: He's a mason. It's something to do with secret society stuff.
0: Not so exciting. Okay. The Memphis Censor Board was created in 1921 by E.H. Crump. Oh, that was my next guess. Yeah, Crump. You should always guess Crump first. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And the mission of the board was to censor, supervise, regulate, or prohibit any entertainment of immoral, lewd, or lascivious character, as well as performances inimical to the public safety, health, morals, or welfare. What? Mm Mm-hmm. It really didn't do anything, though. Like, it had this mission, and it had, like, six or so people on the board, but it really didn't actually ban or censor anything until uh, Mayor Watkins Overton put Benford in charge of it in 1928. Although I did see another account that said Crump appointed him, but Overton was mayor at the time. So, I mean, Crump started the thing, but I think Overton did appoint him yeah. to it. So he was in charge of it. Uh, because he was a millionaire, he didn't really need to get paid for this. So he got $200 a month and a little badge that he apparently wore very proudly and it got him into all of the screenings on Film Row so this is like yeah you know we have a blog post about it so like the film distributors did early screenings there and he could get into all the movie theaters so he had this little badge and he got
1: to pick what was immoral and what was yes worthwhile and
0: yeah wow okay I found a description of him in a Times article from 1945 and uh, it's called Higher Criticism in Memphis Uh, I could see this part uh, before the paywall but then there was a paywall, so I couldn't read the whole article. Um, if we had some more Patreon supporters, maybe I could invest in such a thing. But, you know, here's the quote. <laughs> "I'm just That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> this quote is all I really needed. Okay. Lloyd Tilgum Benford, dour, dogmatic chairman of the Memphis Board of Censors, has long prided himself on being able to whiff a movie innuendo or spot a suggestive line even before it is suggested. Since 1928, 76-year-old Mr. Benford has kept the Lower Chickasaw Bluff pure by dooming or doctoring many a movie. (laughs) Dooming
1: many a movie. Yeah. Uh.
0: Um, Apparently, I think he could also halt stage productions, and I think he also could see what was going to be in the newspapers and stuff before it ran. So he was in charge of, like, movies, theater, reading, uh, or uh, words, I I don't know, all that Mm -mm. stuff.
1: This guy makes me nervous.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know I was supposed to do movie theater, but I ended up learning about this guy. And I just think there are all these kinds of things like this in history, but I don't think it's really so far from current day life sometimes. So I think it's important to like... That's
1: how it's feeling, right? Yeah. (laughs) I think it's important (laughs) to... uh,
0: Show how we're not
1: progressing. (laughs) Sorry.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Uh, This quote I found... In one of the articles I was reading, and it is from Murray Schumach's book, The Face on the Cutting Room Floor, which is from 1964. And he had a quote from a Hollywood producer named Jerry Wald who said, The censors of Memphis, Tennessee have banned more Hollywood films than censors in any other city in the world. Here? Yeah, apparently. Wait. I mean, as of 1964, that's what... They had more censors here than anywhere else? uh, They banned more Hollywood films than any other censors. Oh, wow. Which, by they, it really is Benford, I think. Right, right, right. I mean, I think it must have... It carried on after him. I don't know how much got banned after him, but...
1: Which is interesting, because didn't film... Film Row was a pretty important part of
0: the city here, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was, like, the main hub for film distribution, and... They would actually... Screenwriters would send him scripts early because he would go see the screenings, but before they even shot the movie, these screenwriters would even send him scripts to get approval because they didn't want their movies to get Benfordized, which is what people is were calling really it. a really big deal. Yeah. Here are the types of movies he Benfordized. Uh, movies containing train robberies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's bad. Well, it he said it damaged public welfare or something like that. But also, I think he, because he'd been in a train robbery, he just didn't want them shown. Yeah, he had been. But that's no excuse. It's, yeah, that's you know, shown real life. I, I guess. But apparently it meant a lot of Westerns didn't get shown because a lot of them revolve around train robberies and right. stuff like that. Interesting. Okay. Um, he killed the 1928 screening of King of Kings, which was like a... Jesus movie, because the story of Jesus was a little different than what was in the Bible. And yeah, and he felt the whipping and stuff in the crucifixion parts were too violent. Oh, yeah. We
1: definitely don't need to show violence in that scene.
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. He Uh. also just didn't let any movies featuring Jesse James in. Yeah. So like anything about Jesse James didn't get shown. (laughs) Jesse James didn't matter what it was about. <laughs> he also would ban movies because the people in them had lifestyles he didn't agree with. Yeah. Ingrid Bergman films were banned because she was having an affair with Robert, or Roberto Rossellini, an Italian director. Uh. Yeah, so he, his quote for why her movies weren't shown in Memphis was he could not allow the public exhibition of a motion picture starring a woman who is universally known to be living in open and notorious adultery. Wow. This guy was, man. Uh, No Charlie Chaplin films were shown because of Chaplin's character and reputation. Because he made fun of Hitler? Uh, No, actually, I think it was because, so that's what he said in the Chicago Daily Tribune, 1951, was that it was because of his character and reputation. Um, There's also a quote in uh, Michael Finger's article about Benford that said he thought Chaplin to be a London gutter snipe and a traitor to the Christian-American way of life. So the longer quote about that is, America has been good to Chaplin and has made him rich, but he has not been a good American. Chaplin is a traitor to the Christian-American way of life, an enemy of decency, virtue, and godliness in all its forms, a reputed endorser of the Communist Party. Um, (laughs) Yes. There's also, though, I did see that part of it may have been, too, because he didn't like Chaplin's proclivity for underage girls. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I mean, that whole scandal didn't quite bring Chaplin down like it should have. But yeah. anyway, Memphians also missed out on seeing Rebels Without a Cause because Benford felt that it promoted juvenile delinquency. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Yeah. This guy, how do he get in charge again? No, I know. Nobody could vote him out? No,
0: no, no. This was an appointed position. Nobody could Benford him out? <laughs> he never did get Benfordized. But he, no- he never got
1: Benfordized. Okay.
0: No. And there are people who supported him. I'm going to talk about some of that. I mean, you know, there's always people who think censorship is a good idea. And there are always people who are fine with one or a handful of people deciding what's good for the rest of us. Yeah. And so that, I mean, here there are people who supported that too. Yeah. He banned a comedy called Curly because it showed black and white children going to school together. Uh, wow. Uh, this guy. He had to send a letter to United Artist Distributors with his reasoning for why he was banning a movie. And for this one, it said The Memphis Censor Board is unable to approve your picture with the little Negroes as the South does not permit Negroes in white schools nor recognize social equality between the races, even in children.
1: Even in children.
0: Okay mm-hmm. United Artists took that case to the Tennessee Supreme Court uh, Which ruled that Benford could keep that ban But could not ban any more films for including black people
1: yeah,
0: that's Which is a weird decision Yeah But Benford still did what he wanted to do He banned another movie, Lost Boundaries, later that same year After the court decision Because, quote It deals with social equality between whites and Negroes In a way that is not practiced in the South We banned it for that reason
1: what kind of, okay, what kind of movies did he let through? Do you have a list of that?
0: No, I mean. It,
1: like, I'm curious if I would know any that went through. I mean,
0: anything that did get, the list of what got banned is shorter than the list of what went through. Okay. For sure, yeah. And I'm going to link in the show notes, uh, which is com slash crosstown, a link to, and I'm going to link to a link that shows, <laughs> uh, that lists all the movies that he banned. Yes. That's good. I'm just kind of picking out the key We Q should change step. the show
1: notes to Benfordized.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should, but it'd be hard to spell. Should we? It's hard to F5 spell.
1: History.com slash Benfordized. Is it Benford and then Ized?
0: Yeah. Yeah, let's ben do Ford-ized. it. Benfordized. Benfordized. Okay. Well, that's good because we may want to do a Crosstown. I, the reason I was like, oh, a Crosstown maybe not is because if we ever do a Crosstown episode, then what will our show notes be?
1: Well, now we know, because this one's Benfordized. Okay, but not really because it's going to air, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay. Ooh. laughs>
0: this is this is getting good. Yeah. All right, we're going to do a slap in the face yeah. to the censors by airing an episode about censors called Benfordized. Uh huh. He's not alive still, is he? No, he's dead. But his great, great, great—either his great grandchildren, I think his great grandchildren are. Okay. And one of the articles I'll link to, the reporter talked to them. Oh, wow. About him. I mean, you know, I can't get past all this stuff, but others can get past it and kind of admire him for, like, being a self-made businessman and, like, basically have a fifth grade education and becoming a millionaire. But I personally can't get past the misogyny and white supremacy and racism and all that. Yeah. Continuing on with banning things because of how blacks and whites were portrayed he also banned Annie get your gun from being put on at ellis auditorium because he felt there were african-americans in the cast with too familiar an air about them what does that mean that was a quote uh i think it's another way to say uppity or like not down in their place enough oh okay yeah um i think too friendly with the white cast members whatever He banned other films for giving, quote, too much prominence to Negroes. Other films were shown but censored to remove black performers like Duke Ellington, for example. And in the 1946 movie Ziegfeld Follies, all of Lena Horne's segment was removed. Wow. A whole segment? Yeah, just because they're black performers. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just can't get past it.
1: Yeah, those are true artists. And you're removing them. Yeah. So people yeah. can't experience the art. That sucks. Do people say that anymore? That sucks. I don't know why I just...
0: I don't know. I mean, I'm basically your age, so <laughs> okay. it's, not,
1: I'm, it's not good to ask me. <laughs> All right. Ooh, right. I'm glad we don't have a Benford person trafficking the cinema we watch today.
0: Yeah. I also found some quotes where Benford explained that he wasn't racist. Okay. In one Press interview, he said that he wasn't racist because he was, quote, one of the few white men in Memphis that actually got a six-pound fruitcake from Negro friends last Christmas.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Is it because he has a friend. I wish, uh. I wish people could see your face right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. And then he also said that he, quote, Received 18 Christmas cards from colored folks, the same number that I sent out. hmm Yeah. So, like I said, there were some people who supported him. Mm. According to the record, about 141 children were named after him or his wife, Hattie. Oh. <laughs> like I said, um, a lot of people agreed that censoring was necessary for the public and even complained that he was letting too much through. Okay. Well, Yeah. I guess that's just how the people felt. Uh, Well, some of them. Probably not the majority, I'm sure. Because some people didn't even know, like, if he just took out scenes, unless it affected the plot of the movie, which sometimes happened, it was just made the movie shorter. So, like, people didn't know that a few minutes were missing. Yeah, that's true.
1: And it's not like you had the luxury of the internet to know what was happening in other theaters and not your own.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've wa- I was watching a movie here. I don't think it was in the theater, but I'm not positive. It may have just been at home, but I was watching a movie here and it's like this weird edit happened and like, it kind of, it didn't confuse the plot, but it was like, oh, I know what it was. They cut out some like killing, like some really, which I was, I mean, I was like, okay, so I didn't have to see this guy's throat slit, yeah, but that's it was gruesome. clear that like someone was about to kill some people. And then all of a sudden it was just, they were like trying to deal with the bodies so, like, it was a weird cut. So they had edited, because there's oh, censorship here. The whole killing. Yeah, so the whole killing got censored out. Yeah, that would
1: be confusing.
0: And then in Duck Hill, there was a high school named after him. Oh, he has a whole high school named after this guy. Did. I think it's closed or renamed or something. Okay. But, yeah, in, in his hometown. What would you say, if you lived in a city called Memphis, where movies were banned willy-nilly all the time and censored, or even described in such terms as this one, which, you know, this is an example of his reasons for banning a movie being a little bit more of an endorsement than I think he intended. In 1954, he banned Son of Sinbad because of celebrity stripper Lily saint mm-hmm. uh I don't know how to say her name, performance, otherwise known to Benford as, I quote, one of the vilest dancers I, dances I ever saw. The dance lasted about 10 minutes, and it was more of a licentious wriggle, I like that word, (laughs) wriggle, than a dance. The dancer was almost naked, wearing only a g-string and a filmy sort of apron. (laughs) A film. So he's talking about this film in great detail, I might add. Yeah. Of this terrible thing that he doesn't want everyone else to see. Mm -hmm. But of course, that's like a ringing endorsement making people want to go see it. So (laughs) what do you think they did? They said...
1: Let the people watch it. No. Underground cinema. Uh no. No.
0: Oh, okay. I get one more guess. Yeah. Wait, what do you think? Benfordized it? No, he Benfordized it, so people who wanted to see it, what did they do? How did they okay. see it? Oh,
1: they just went to the next city.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Not so exciting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um No underground cinemas. Okay. No. Oh, that's hopeful. So cool. They
0: went to Mississippi and Arkansas. So,
1: Oh, I bet Mississippi and Arkansas love that.
0: They did, and they would advertise movies that got Benfordized as banned in Memphis. Yes! <laughs> yeah. So, apparently, I saw one time in 1928, 15,000 Memphians went to Arkansas to see Gloria Swanson's Miss Sadie Thompson. Whoa.
1: <laughs> and Benford himself was talking about these movies and why he censored them or cut them out. Yeah. So, okay.
0: So, yeah, people would want to go see him. Yeah. I also saw this really funny quote from The Times uh, when he banned a movie called The Southerners because it was too negative about the South. And uh, The Times said, Benfer must have been sniffing too many magnolias. (laughs) Burn. (laughs) It's like a funny Southern burn to me. I was like, oh, snap, (laughs) sniffing those magnolias. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) It's good. Uh, Before he officially retired, he resigned many times because of bad health, but his supporters kept calling him back in to please censor things more. Um, Because
1: he's the only of his kind that could do that.
0: Yeah. Apparently he was so good at it.
1: Nobody else had had the talent. He
0: could sense an innuendo before it even was said. I mean.
1: Yeah. He
0: he, just had a sixth sense for vice.
1: And he he didn't mentor anyone or uh, train up.
0: No, I don't think so. Anyone under him? No, instead he would um, climb the stairs backwards to get to his office on the second floor of his home at 723 Peabody because of his arthritis being so bad. But walking backwards up the stairs helped? Yeah, that's how he had to go. (laughs) I'm
1: sorry. I don't
0: I don't know why I laughed. I'm sorry. That was probably terrible. <laughs> no, that's pr- that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's I mean, that's like dedication to your job, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's just, That's good. I it's hard for me. I can't get past all the other stuff, so I'm Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he died the year after he did finally retire. Uh he's buried at Elmwood. Oh. That. I'll put a picture of his grave in the show notes at com slash Benfordized. Benfordized. Don't go to the original show notes link we said go to Benfordized. Benfordized. I thought you were going to say
1: don't go to his grave because it's been Benfordized.
0: No, it's definitely <laughs> not been Benfordized. Uh, it is still there and it is very, praises him for his serving his civic duty. All right. It's not in a monument, is it? No, it's just a tombstone or, like, whatever, a grave. Six years after his death, William Faulkner published, I think, The Reivers, R-E-I-V-E-R-S, which had a little tribute to Benford. There is a character by the same name who was described as a man of style and presence and manner and ideals, incorruptible in principles, impeccable in morals. However, this Mr. Benford ran a whorehouse in Memphis.
1: Oh,
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. So that was a little Southern writer tribute to the censor. The, finally, the censorship laws that gave Benford so much power, uh, that law, I said laws, that law, mm-hmm. that law was only declared unconstitutional in 1965. Of course. it's not that long ago. Can
1: you tell me how many years he was Benfordizing stuff? 28. 28 years? Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm sure Arkansas and Mississippi were upset when that law was taken down.
0: Yeah, they made big bucks off of it. Mm-hmm. I, I saw an article, too, like some a while back, the Brooks did like a showing of some of his the movies he banned. Oh, that's cool. The Brooks is so great. Yeah. I
1: love them. Yeah,
0: that's all I have. We probably should have ended with yours, just because it's a little more heartwarming. <laughs> but I guess ours is more, mine was more important.
1: I don't know. And we're, yeah, we're ending it with um, Benfordized, because that's going to be the name of our show notes. yeah. Here's something we can add. For people who go to the show notes, I do, I'm going to include pictures of what the Crosstown Theater looked like before it became Jehovah's Witness Hall, Kingdom Hall, Ooh. Uh, because I don't think I mentioned that the vertical marquee was removed and destroyed in 2005, and this is why oh. that's sad to me, is because I moved here in 2008, so I feel like it wasn't too long after that we moved here. So I never got to witness what that marquee looked like. So anyway, yeah. if you want to see what that looked like or looked like, visit the show notes. memfistyphistory.com slash Benfordized. It has nothing to do with Crosstown, but... <laughs> yeah,
0: B-I-N-F-O-R-D-I-Z-E-D.
1: But we now know that very likely movies were not shown in the Crosstown Theater because of Benford.
0: Yeah, it relates. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do the honors of starting our sign-off off? Okay.
1: (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode, which is about theaters in Bedford (laughs) and Memphis history, which is what you'll get every week from us. Um, This is Memphis Type History, the podcast. We like your type. (laughs) I can't hold it in. (laughs) You've been listening to Memphis Type History, the podcast. It would mean so much to us if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. Be sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. Want to be
0: part of Memphis Type History and get behind-the-scenes content, merch, and more? Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash memphistypehistory. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash memphistypehistory. Find more Memphis Type History on our
1: blog at memphistypehistory.com, on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as Memphis Type History, and on Twitter at Memphis Type.